you talking about while we're doing this? It's got to be closer to me. This doesn't work. We got to get intimate. Get intimate with me. Do you ever watch talk radio? Yeah. It's a great show. Really? It's a show? Yeah. What's that show with fucking... Uh, was this a sitcom in the 90s? It was very funny. News radio? <laughs> yeah. That show is awesome. I'm amazed you got that from that. Well, it's a radio show in the 90s. Also, that's why I was so excited when Rob was just like, Rob, when Dave was like, you look like Jimmy James in your radio photos. I was like, I'm right, I fucking look like Jimmy James. He's awesome. No, Talk Radio. It was a movie with Eric Bogosian. Oliver Stone, 80s movie. I have not seen it. It's about a guy who's a late night, overnight talk show host. It's based on a play. It's very play-y. Welcome I'm back. For when you, oh, you're not going to raise your hands in the air? No. All right. Every time you say welcome back to the unofficial Shop Five podcast, you raise your hands in the air. No one now everyone knows that. All right. It's because I'm checking for pit stains. Oh my yeah, on the radio. You're listening to the unofficial Shopify podcast. This podcast is brought to you by WebsiteRescues.com. Are you making the most of your store? To download a totally free guide with 25 conversion rate optimization ideas you must know about to effectively optimize your Shopify store, head to WebsiteRescues.com and fill out the form. Shave off hours of guesswork and start growing your revenue. Welcome back to episode 24 of the unofficial Shopify podcast. Today, we're not doing a guest. It's been too long since uh, it's been just... Since Paul uh, was allowed on. Since Paul was allowed on. Paul's actually the, the producer of the show. Um, makes it possible. Edits it. Makes everyone sound beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, he used to do that for The Onion, um, which is kind of cool. Technically the AV Club. The AV Club? Yeah. Onion sounds better. But it's not true. But it's not true. I mean, All right, fine. Not, they're kind of separate. Okay. So um, we're kicking an idea around the office... Um, about building, you know, the relationship that some a customer goes through with an e-commerce store with a brand, um, and Paul came up with a great name for it called the chain. And this turned into like a conversation where we're talking about, you know, what's what's that chain? What's the chain of trust? What's that relationship like? Um, and we really did, we didn't finish, we didn't get through talking through it. So I wanted to talk through it now um, and and develop that because I love the idea and the concept, and I I know it's true. You know, we just haven't formalized it in any way. So, okay, along, what we've done, you know, we likened someone buying a product from an e-commerce store to being in, you know, a couple being in a relationship. Well, it's, no, it's, it's go, it's going into the dating pool. It's like you're in the dating pool and you're trying to find someone, I think. Because the relationship hasn't started yet. Right. Good point. So, yeah, so step one is you've got, our potential customer is, is a single. Yeah. Is you're out there the in problem. the world. And they're they're on the prowl. They're on OkCupid. <laughs> well, or eHarmony. Shh, I prefer eHarmony. For losers. What? Um, so, if they're cold, like we've got, you know. A, well, let's before we. All right. So the whole idea is that the customer is engaging when they want to buy something from you. They're engaging in a decision making process, and they're slowly moving down the line of getting closer and closer to actually making a purchase from you. Okay. It's not a thing. We know from our analytics and what we've seen that people don't just get on, they don't find out about a product, get to the store for it, and then buy it in one go. In one go. That almost never happens. Yeah, you they, don't get... It's a dance. And you need to slowly pull them in and get them to the point where they're willing to buy from you. Okay. And so I likened it to a chain in that it's like each link leads to the next link. 
And if you break the chain, if, you know, for some reason, if you, give, if you break the chain by giving them any excuse to not buy from you, they're going to go away. And you almost have to restart it all over again. Okay. So each step is linked from the one previously. Okay. So it starts with the person... And people can, well, not to make this too complex now, but people can come in. They don't have to start at step one. Right. Which we'll hear when we talk about step one. Okay. So step one is they've never, they haven't heard of the product. They haven't heard of the brand. You're the store. Yeah. So they're, they're totally cold. Um, they're totally cold to it. And that's why it's so hard to go from, I've never heard of you or your product to, I want to give you my credit card number. Yeah. Cause that's another way to think about it. It's like, you know, in, in that, that sales process, you just, you know, having an ad that set, comes out of nowhere and says to someone, Hey, buy this product. That's really no different than a guy, you know, just coming up to a girl at a bar and being like, hey, come home with me. Yeah. Like, that's not going to work. Well, and, you know, and there, there's trust issues there. I mean, the girl is obviously worried that she might get murdered. Right. And the uh, buyer is worried that uh, you're going to steal their credit card and engage in shady identity theft. Exactly. Not to mention the money they'll be out buying your crappy product. So we have to build trust along this chain. So the first thing, you know, we really... We want to introduce them to the desire. You know, we want them, we have to educate them about whatever product we're selling that they want to buy it. Before they even think about who they're going to buy it from, what your brand is, if they trust you. Step one is getting them, is getting them, is going from they've never heard of you, they're cold, to making them aware that this product exists Mm -hmm. out in this world. Well, you need to figure out the people in that group that are willing, that would be people that would want to get by your stuff. Oh, okay. You have okay. to thin the herd. Yeah. Okay, you're right. So rather than we've got, let's say we're doing Facebook newsfeed ads, because this is, we're doing a lot of this in like the last six weeks. Um, it's a, and most people can relate to it. You don't want to show, you don't want to, we don't want to just start with, hey, buy our product and show that ad to everybody. We want to start with, hey, let's introduce you to our product and show it to like a laser targeted group of people. Yeah. Um, and then the, like the practical way to do that would be let's take our past purchasers, load them into Facebook as a custom audience, and then generate a lookalike audience from that. Meaning let's let Facebook figure out who, what new customers look like our past customers, and then show them some ad that just gets them to click on it and learn about the product. And let's just assume they're not going to buy on that first go. Mm-hmm. This is this is all for stores, by the way, that already exist and are selling items. Right. Are, You've got the things that we're talking about today are for stores like that. It's not like I've invented a new widget that no one's ever conceived of before in the history of man. Like this, that's not going to work. Well, you know, if you're there, just go straight. You know, skip straight to Kickstarter. Yeah. Go to Kickstarter. That's your your cheat, your hack to get around this. So yeah, let's operate under the assumption that we've got an existing store that's already selling and then they're, you know, they have experience. They're trying to formalize a sales funnel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this is. This is, yeah, this is a, we're being very fancy and detailed about a sales funnel. A sales funnel isn't fun though. Like no one wants to talk about sales funnels. All right, true. It's too abstract. Yeah. We're making, Um, it's the cool sales funnel. Yeah. (laughs) The chain of trust is what we're going to, what we're going to call this. Um, So, okay. The next step we've got, you know, we want to, at the top of that chain, we're introducing people, new visitors, intentionally to this product. And we're not putting pressure on them to buy. 
our sole goal is let's get them to learn more about the product. And then once they visited the site, that demonstrates engagement. Um, and we're going to segment them from prospective customer or from like prospective visitor to prospective customer. Yep. So, and we could do that with um, remarketing. By vi- well, by visiting your website, they've shown. They've demonstrated. They've intent. demonstrated a, a modicum of interest. Yeah. So then once they've, you know, we get them to, we want them to view ideally a landing page that just talks about whatever your product is. Not even necessarily the the product page. That's still too much pressure at this point. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Let me just tell you what I'm about. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> Let me just, let's just talk about it. Let me just show you this thing. And then we're not even going to pressure them into uh, buying the product right then. You know, at, at most, you know, at, at minimum, we're adding them to a retargeting list. So that we could show them ads, and at best, we're gonna get maybe uh, collect their email with either a sign up form at like the end of a landing page or a pop up. Are we are we being too uh, complex here with our terms? Maybe we're just throwing landing we're just throwing retargeting list and landing page out there, like they're nothing. That's a good point. Okay, so retargeting list um, again, we'll use Facebook as our example of how to do this. Um, you can put a snippet of code on your website through with Facebook and it's going to target, um, if someone's logged in their Facebook account and they visited your website, they're going to get stuck on a list. Um, and we'll call that list website visitors. And we could drill down by what URLs they visit. Yeah. But for the most part, what we're going to do is create a list called a remarketing list in Facebook called website visitors. And it's everyone who clicked on that ad, that initial ad and went to our website. So now, you know, rather than advertise to everybody, we're advertising to a small but highly engaged group. Yes. And yeah. we're just using Facebook as, as an example here because we have many other methods of retargeting yeah. and different yeah, you advertising do... channels to hit people once they've visited the website and we've marked them. Yeah. For like when you're talking about remarketing, you know, exact the identical concepts work in Google AdWords. Um, but Google AdWords and Facebook are going to be our two advertising platforms. But there's others. Um, and other ways to do this. And you may have other channels, like for that initial step one, which is just get them to the website so you can remarket to them. You know, there are plenty of channels to do that. I mean, you could get them to just go from like Instagram to your website, yep. Pinterest to your website, whatever gets them there. Yeah. Gets them introduced to it. But we, and like the key takeaway there is just stop assuming that you can make someone buy from you the first time they visit the site. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. Unless it's like, the only exception is an impulse purchase, in which case maybe it's time to raise the price on your product. Yep. A good example of that, um, like uh, Recycled Firefighter is a, a client, new client of ours. New yeah. client, a Shopify store, and they sell, he sells rather, um, these very nice slim wallets made of recycled fire hose. They're 25 bucks. So that's like, that's a no brainer. Um, People you know, will buy those all the time. I mean, that's a tough wallet that's not going to fall apart on yeah. you. And it's cool. It looks cool. They're, they look super cool. Yeah. So he's, you know, but so I think most people aren't in that position. So at 25 bucks, they're just like, yeah. why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, if anything, like if you're in that position, it means you probably raise your prices. Yeah, you could sell them for 50. I think so. Yeah, I think he's probably, in his case, I think you could sell for more. If you're selling like on the first visit, sell, <laughs> raise the price. So, but once we've introduced them to that product, they're now, you know, they're aware of it. And hopefully they've, they've said to themselves, you know, I want it. And I like mentally for me anyway, I wish list it. Like, I'm not going to buy it right. I'm not going to impulse buy something. You know, I don't want a spending problem. But in my, I may have moved it, like, mentally, it's in a wish list. Where yeah. I've said to myself, before I'm willing to, like, 
buy it for myself, I think to myself, you know what? If someone would buy me that as a gift, I want it. I'm more price conscious. Yeah. I'm more like I got to walk away from like I have to literally justify the price of anything other than like a Steam game for five bucks. And so I do the walk away. And when I do the walk away, I have to sit with it for a few days and after, even after sitting with it for like a day, I'm still like, ooh, I do want that. I'm kind of <laughs> like, okay, well, now I'll, now I'll buy it. So I think in, well, I think in both cases what's going on, you know, depending on the mind game you play with yourself, and we've got two different ways <laughs> of doing these mind games on ourselves. In both cases, we're stepping away and sleeping on it. Yep. Say, I got to sleep on this. Yep. And that's what's going on. If you still want it, then all right. So that's, but, you know, you, in the back of your mind, you may still want it, but you've probably forgotten about it. Like, you got shit to do. Yeah. So that's where the remarketing ads are so important. Exactly. If you've collected their email, you could send them a newsletter. Awesome. But the chances are you're not going to get the email. So with remarketing ads, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Google AdWords, you're going to have now um, ads follow them around the web like a lost dog. Mm -hmm. And if you're really, you know, if you're lucky and you've got one product, you can make very relevant ads. Um, if you want to get really clever you can segment it down where exactly the product they looked at is what they're shown. But doing any kind of remarketing is better than none. And really the goal there is let's stay top of mind. Yeah. Right. And, and what we're talking about here is really um, every single point of this is a point where the customer can walk away and decide not to buy it. So we need to think about the reasoning we need to put in to make them not want to do that. Or at least if they do do that to still kind of be in the orbit and come back around. So we've already got people on the website, which to me indicates that they're interested in the product. Right. Um, we're going to use remarketing tools to rope them back in and come visit the website again. And if they've already decided, if they're coming back to the website, they probably already have decided that they want the product. They wouldn't yeah. keep coming back if they didn't want it. So really the dance now is to get them to buy that product from you. Yeah, to trust now you're the store owner. You've sold them on the... If they keep coming back to you, you sold them on the product. Yeah, I want I want this Acme widget. I want the widget. Um, now the question is, do I buy that widget from you? Yeah. Are you someone who is giving me the right price? Are you selling these widgets at a better quality than other people are? Uh, are you a trustworthy business that exists and will actually ship it to me? Will you steal my credit card number? Am I going to get it this week? Or am I going to wait six months from now and still not have my stupid thing? Like, there's a lot of, uh, if I have a problem with it, are you going to return it? Take returns or are you going to take care of me? Like, they're, they want to know whether you are trustworthy and can provide good value for their dollar. Okay. So at this point, we can use, essentially, we've got one, we've already sold, even though they haven't bought, we've sold the person on the product. Yes. And now it's about minimizing risk for them. Yes. So that they feel comfortable entering into this relationship. Because anyone could have a website. Yeah. So it is inherently risky to just buy from anyone. People are sophisticated enough to know that any anyone can throw up a Shopify store. It's yep. 30 bucks a month and $10 for a domain. Anyone could do it. So we got to do stuff to set ourselves apart and, and minimize risk. That's the name of the game, through trust indicators. So, like, some of my favorites, you know, to accomplish this, to look trustworthy, is even though they're silly, have a toll-free number, make that readily available in the header. And what you're saying is, I'm available and I'm real, mm -hmm. if you've got that number out there. Um, having an about page that's got a picture of you, tells your story, introduces yourself, um, and then states uh, your return policy, if you've got, like, a satisfaction guarantee or something. 
um, two-way shipping, free shipping, um, like trust badges, like Better Business Bureau, that kind of thing. Uh, all those things are going to make people feel more comfortable with buying from you. So, you know, let's say we got them back to the website. We want to make sure we've got that stuff in the header, in the footer, and especially in the about page. And a lot of people are going to go to hit the about page. Um, and like two or three episodes ago, uh, or two episodes ago, Jordan Gall from Carthook told us that great anecdote that people would go from the cart page to the about back to the cart to make mm-hmm. that decision. Um, so it's worthwhile to put those things on your about page. Um, but one great way to do it, let's say you're doing those remarketing ads. Um, what I've been doing um, in setting up campaigns is uh, put quotes, you like for the headlines and stuff, use quotes from customers' reviews. Yep. That's social proof. That's huge. Like people get that they're read- they're being marketed to and they're reading a headline if if you, the brand, wrote it. But if it's a like you just put it in quotation marks, in all lowercase, suddenly now it's clear that a customer wrote this. Um, and I'm not saying make them up, like use real customer quotes. Yeah, hopefully you have people that are pleased with your service. Yeah. If not, maybe get out of business. So at that point, <laughs> yeah, if they're... If, <laughs> if you, you have no positive with, words from anyone... It's time you, to pack it in. You're terrible. Um, so at that point, hopefully we... So can we've get, done all that, yeah. and we've they're like, oh, all right, I'm going to do it. And then they <laughs> hit add to cart, and it's in their cart. And either they go through and they buy it in the cart, great. Or we have another point right here where it's in the cart. They're faced with the prospect of paying. They see all the full amount of money that they're about to give you. And they go, I can't do it. Yeah, they've got to sleep on it again. And they abandon the cart. So we've got, you know, if they abandon the cart, hopefully we got lucky and they proceeded to check out, enter their email, and then they panicked. In which case, if you're, you know, hopefully you're sophisticated and you're running abandoned cart emails... You know, Shopify has that as a feature in the premium plan. Uh, not to interrupt you, but also this is a great time for uh, exit intent pop-ups. Right. Which are pop-ups that, you know, the stupid pop-ups that say, join our mailing list uh, when you initially get on a website, which are annoying as hell, but also work. So despite all the people out there that are like, those things are terrible, I never put my email in them, most of them are liars because... <laughs> Those things work like gangbusters. People give you their emails for a coupon code or something, and once you have their email, you could just sell to them all day long. Uh, but an exit intent pop-up is a pop-up that it's a piece of JavaScript that watches where their cursor is going, and if they go up to close out the tab on your page or somehow try to leave your page, the pop-up will immediately fire, and they go, wait, 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 I see that you're leaving. Like, please don't leave. Like, what can I do? How about some money off? How about this? Uh, it's just a last-ditch effort to keep them from going away. Right. And they work great. And I think, you know, the issue with exit intent pop-ups is people implement them poorly and then decide that they never work ever. Yeah. So, you know, the my opinion, if I were to do an opinionated exit intent modal setup, I would have it only running in the cart, nowhere else on the site, because that's that gets annoying. That's sh- well, that, that's shady. Yeah. So I only want it to fire in the cart, which you could do in Shopify. Um and when it fires in the cart, I actually want it just to give them, I want to try and collect their email address and I want to offer them a discount code, some kind of coupon, like 10% off. Um, and then let's also put set an expiration date on it so that there's, you know, since we've got them so close to the finish line, let's put a little time pressure on them. Yeah, let's push them over. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let the 10% off go forever. It's, well, you, I, if you buy in the next 48 hours, I'll give you 10% off. Right. So I know you got to sleep on it, but you can't sleep on it forever. Yeah. 
Um, so, and, and actually, and on the topic, we're right now we've got to the beta stage of building our own ex- opinionated Exit Intent app. Yes, we have an Exit Intent app uh, yeah. that we will be selling shortly. Uh, so, uh, use ours. It's great. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, that's, yeah, you know, it's very likely that, like, first they visit the site and they get introduced to the product. And we remark to them, they visit the site uh, maybe two more times and then they add to cart. And they've abandoned. So at this point, like, they may have visited the site three or four times and still haven't made a purchase. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. There's, we're not into crazy outliers yet. No. Um, so then hopefully at that point, you know, an exit intent might save it. Uh, a abandoned cart emails may save it using, like, Claveo, cart hook, apps like that. Um, or the standard Shopify one. Um, and my recommendation is do two or even three abandoned cart emails. Really? Uh, all right. Three is annoying. Two. The first one is just customer service. Two seems like a lot. No, because the first one you you do customer service where you just say, hey, you know, you abandoned the cart. Did you have any questions, any objections? What can we do? And then the second one, um, I would make it, uh, again, with that pressure, say, hey, your cart's about to expire. We just wanted to let you know. Oh, the word expire is good. Right? Your cart's going to expire. You always want to avoid something expiring. Yes. Ex- expirations are bad. We just It's ingrained that you know expiration's a bad thing. And then the third one... If you were to do a third, then I would go with the, um, or maybe do, like, the second one is a coupon code, and then the third one is the expiration. But if I only had to pick two, I would do customer service, then expiration. I like it. Um. All right. So we've essentially given you the blueprint to be a complete e-commerce monster. Yeah. Turn your store into just an ATM. Well, and the thing is, is that I realize that everything we've said individually is things that people say they don't like and things that people say are annoying. Uh, And it sounds like a lot of stuff. Trust me when I say you need to do this. If all this stuff was super annoying and actually diminished the amount of revenue you would generate, people would stop doing it. The free market is surprisingly efficient in some ways. It's not as efficient as people like to claim it is. But it is efficient in this way, in that if this shit didn't didn't work, people would stop doing it. And it works. You have to be horrible, and you have to treat your customers like they're livestock that you're just herding into the money pen. Herd them into the money pen, and just make them give you the money. Well, and here's the flip side of the coin. When you've got a good product market fit, you know, part like what we're advocating here is really only market to a tiny percentage of the population. A fraction of 1%. Yeah. And beat them over the head. Yeah. Because, you know, we're easily distracted. Everybody's got ADD now. My phone's just going off with notifications. You need to stay top of mind. Um, And that's what this is doing. But when you've got really relevant ads, it's not a negative thing. Like a lot of the, you know, the remarketing campaigns we do, and this blows my mind every time, will have like three or four hundred likes. Where people are clicking like yeah. on the ad it's like, what fucking, because it's relevant. Yeah, what fucking moron likes a Facebook ad? Yeah, don't like a Facebook ad. That's not cool. You idiot. Also, don't follow a restaurant on Facebook. <laughs> Stupid. Um, I don't know where that came from. Well, it's people who are Maybe just they like, want to know the special of the day. I had a great meal at the Olive Garden here. Get I, the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a total aside. Um, Talk about my birthday? No, there's this great, uh, this great blog. Um, I hope that helps. And oh, the, the, yeah. the, Facebook, the Facebook account? Yeah, it's oh, a guy it's who's got a Facebook account with, uh, it's got like the, you know, he's the got operator. A, he's got a Facebook account and the name of the Facebook account is customer service. Yeah. So he sees people 
leaving idiotic, stupid messages on like brands' Facebook walls. Just like walls your, your worst nightmare customers. And leaves them shitty replies that the morons who write on brands' Facebook walls see as coming from customer service. And they're like, your customer service is terrible. And it's just like, oh, it's, it is a spectacular piece of modern art. It's it really is good. art, is what it is. Yeah, he like essentially look for people of those like really entitled, obnoxious <laughs> demands where it's like, I went to Subway and the bread wasn't as fresh as usual, and I'll never eat here again, and you need to make it right. And then they'll, you know, they reply as suppose this customer service agent, and it, I was crying with yeah, laughter it's when genius. I was reading this. Over it's the a total genius. Um, it's good. It's Schadenfreude, and it's, it's cathartic <laughs> if you've ever been on the receiving end of that stuff. Um, so okay, it, hopefully. So at this you were a monster, and the, <laughs> yeah, just get over it. The, accept it. The slow-witted customer has bought from you finally. Yes, hooray! Um, and once they've bought from you, um, then we want to provide them like they gave you money. So we really we want to treat them. Um, so now as VIP. So now you're gonna super hammer them. Yes. Because they've shown that they will give you money. Yeah. So we want to. You want to provide them with this like super amazing customer service experience. Um, is the positive way of saying you're going to you're going to hammer them with emails, um, and really the the goal there is to hopefully is to turn them one into repeat buyers and then second into brand evangelists where they've had you know they've seen that you've gone above and beyond um, with your outreach with your customer service um, and then word of mouth they start telling other people because then you know like Paul mentioned at the beginning that gets them you know that starts them further along in the chain. Rather than starting at step zero where they've never heard of you or your product, you know, they've got a, a personal referral from a friend who's introduced them to the product, to the brand. Um, so, okay. And the, and the famous, you know, the famous line here is, you know, if you've, I don't know, if any of you out there have ever donated to a political campaign, oh God. Uh, they will never leave you alone oh again for the rest of your life because you've already given them money and donors are way re, donors are way more likely to donate again. They know who the audience is, yeah. and that's the repeat donor. Oh yeah. And so no. you're trying to rope in the repeat buyer. I gave I gave Barack Obama money, and I love you, Barry. I love you, but I've never gotten so many emails in any campaign ever. I gave Tammy Duckworth money. It had to have been over ten years ago, and that girl still emails me. Like, I see it in the spam. Like, Tammy Duckworth and her mailing list got added to spam a long time ago. <laughs> and it's still coming. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's insane. Um, but they do it because they know it works. Like It works, it's again. It's the 80-20 rule. They it's know, insane, yeah. and we say it's annoying, but, like, it works. It's 80% what you of people, need to do. 80% of people aren't going to donate anything. But the 20% 20, 20 are going to turn into repeat, repeat yeah. buyers, donators, whatever. Um so, okay, the way to do that, we found, um, is through email. But not just, you know, hopefully you're doing your... First your, off, you've sent the... First off, they've bought from you, so we need to be good now, and we need to ship them the product on time. It needs to be what they bought. It needs to be nice. Like, you need to provide good customer service. Live up to this their expectations. Yet, this is yet another assumption we're making, is that you You're have, good at what you do. You have good customer service. We can't fix that. So, you know, but, you know, sending all these emails is time-consuming. Mm -hmm. And emails are, you know, it's the original social network. It's very powerful, but it's hugely time-consuming to do. So we want to automate it with with lifecycle emails. And I know we've there's in previous episodes we've talked about it. Um, my go-to for this is uh, Clavio uh, or Claveo. I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. I've even called them. They told me. I still don't remember. 
But uh, to my mind, it's always Claveo. Okay, Claveo.com, K-L-A-V-I-Y. And I know Claveo is wrong. Yeah, but no, that one I know for sure is it's wrong. It's for sure wrong, but that's what we call it in the office. It's, so that's what it shall be. Yeah, it's burning to my brain. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but you can do, you know, we can segment people um, and try and turn them into these like these VIP evangelists. So number one, if we know someone's a first-time buyer, let's send them an email, it like intentionally plain text so it looks real, and send that to um, our first-time buyers, just like a personalized thank you note from the store owner, um, from your real email address. That way, the initial email is automated, but if someone has an issue, they can reply to you, they can reach out directly. And it comes to your email. And it comes to you, and that way you can and deal I, with and it. And again, I we have to emphasize, make it plain text. Make it a paragraph, like the a paragraph sentence, like an email you get from your mom. It's not, it doesn't have a bunch of images in it. It's not like an, a newsletter ad flyer with a coupon code like yeah. you're sending out to the other and those people have their in the place. earlier steps. Those do have their place. But that's not what this email is. Yeah, the customer this service email stuff. is an email from a person to another person. Right. If you're emailing your mom, you're not formatting a crazy HTML email with your your logo and your branding. Yeah. Just this is a plain text email. And if you even want to go one step further, and I've done this, um, right uh, in the bottom of the email template, just include "sent for my iPhone." That immediately makes it look like it it's real. Because the goal, you know, you're, the goal here is not to deceive. It's to encourage people to reach out to you to talk to you. Um, so that's through like, deception. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, but the the ends justifies the means, Paul. <laughs> um, and the ends here are great customer service experiences. The ends is money. Okay. Yes. One step. That's part of it. Money You're right. is always the end. You're right. I have UK. Yes. <laughs> You're running a business. The end goal is is making money. Um, but by making people happy. Yeah. I'm so, not okay. saying you got to get the money by being Bertie Madoff. I'm no. just saying, you know, get the money by being Tim Cook. Tim Cook. No one doesn't like Tim Cook. I love Tim Cook. He's also got a lot of money. It's true. <laughs> um, so, and then, uh, so the other one we do, we do, essentially you want to do like eight totally automated customer service emails. So what the first, you know, is new customers. We're going to thank them for being new customers. Repeat customers. Same deal. You're going to reach out to them, thank them, say, hey, you're what makes us great. I noticed you bought twice. I really appreciate it. You know, j- just thank them. You're not doing anything more than being grateful. Um, and, you know, giving them opportunity that if there is an issue, they can reach out to you and you could fix it. And this is like right here, you're already heading off, you know, these insane Facebook rants. Yeah. At the pass. Um, well, uh, you know what? Um, I think part and, you know, the seeds for this are being established during the trust building process because this is something that Kurt has done with EtherCycle. EtherCycle's three guys. We're multiple people. No one knows that me and our other partner, Dave, actually exist <laughs> uh, because Kurt is the face everywhere. So people assume Kurt is one guy. No one knows who I am on the podcast. I write posts on our blog. No one knows I wrote the well, post. Well, this is the best part. Everyone's just like, well, Kurt wrote that. Well, we he didn't. We have posts that literally say, by Paul Rita. And people still be like, I love this post from Kurt. I'm like, that's from Paul. <laughs> but it establishes, no one wants to No one wants to be buddies with a brand. Yeah, a brand silly. is not your buddy. It's a amorphous, evil thing that is just constantly trying to empty out your wallet and doesn't give a shit about you. Right. Whereas people... Do like other people, so you can have relationships with people. You can have an, a relationship with a person. If you have a relationship with a brand, you're a sociopath. Exactly. <laughs> brand, well, brands are sociopaths. Yes. Uh, so 
when you're building the trust process on the about page, on even the home page, and you're talking about the product, make all of that conversation to the cl client be coming from a person. Yeah. Not be coming from the Acme widget company. Yeah. I don't want to see, like, right on your homepage, uh, most themes support a thing where you can include front page text. I don't want to see anyone writing, at Acme Widget Corp, we strive to, no, forget that. Write it as, hey, I want it, you know. My, my name is Colonel, <laughs> my name is, is Spacely. My name is, well, I don't know yeah. what Mr. Spacely's first name is. My name is Mr. Spacely. My name is Mr. Spacely. Please buy Spacely Sprockets. Here's why I've devoted my life to making Spacely Sprockets. And then on the left, we got a little picture of Spacely with his dog, no, and he, he signs it. Yeah, but he doesn't have a dog. Oh, And sorry. like George Jetson's in the background. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's making it personal. I you People have, it's very easy for people to relate to people, have relationships with people. You know, and plus you're going to, when you write as yourself, you know, most people aren't copywriters. You're just going to write better as yourself, write conversationally, instead of this like, here at Acme Corp crap. Don't forget that. Yeah. Everyone knows it's just you painfully, awkwardly writing copy. That being said, don't take it all the way to the extreme where it's just like, I enjoy breeding dogs. My dogs are wonderful. Yes. I have photos of my dogs on all of our pages. It's like, nope, don't give a shit about that. That's got <laughs> nothing to do with the products. Yeah, well, the phrase, you know, I use to, when I think about it is, you need to write, and you, there's only one question you need to answer, and that's, what's in it for the reader? What's in it for you? What's in it for the buyer? Yeah. Like, is this, does this piece of information I just gave the buyer make them more likely to buy? A, if the piece of information is, I've been running this company for 20 years, it's my life's work, I love selling this stuff, I love this business, and I'm really good at it, yes. If it's... Uh, I'm my, do <laughs> my dog's favorite color is blue. My dog's favorite that. color is blue, and I enjoy surfing. Who gives a shit? Yeah, unless it's a surfing website. Well, if it's a surfing website, <laughs> then yes. Or if they're selling dogs online, which I don't think is legal. Don't do that. Also, don't go to dog breeders. They're, 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 they're bad, too. I agree. Also... Uh, Pickup artists are also bad. Despite all of the pickup <laughs> artist language we've been using, those guys are jerks. We do not agree with them either. Oh, yeah. No, this is dangerously close. You know what? Yeah, because we're talking about dating and relationships, yeah. it is dangerously close to we're, we're pickup artists. We're not pickup artists. Yeah. Okay, so number one, your goal is to make more money. Duh, you're running a business. I hope that's the case. You know, operating under that assumption, the goal there is to treat people as people, be a people, be a person, yeah. you know, a human, um, and treat people with... with you know, help earn their trust and respect, and then they're going to be, they're going to go to bat for you. They're going to first buy from you, and then they're going to tell people about your product. And we've put together, really, a whole sales funnel here. For that's, the, that's the funnel. Yeah. So, and actually, so we... Um, Rope them in. Yeah. Make them interested in the product. Make them interested in you and trust you. Get them to buy the product. And then after they bought the product, be their friend. Yeah, be out there. Be that, that customer service um, that customer service person, but as a person, no, you know, you don't want to be like customer service agent 47, be the owner of the store just saying, Hey, I care about my customers. I'm reaching out to you. And then they'll, they'll tell their friends about those experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's all. I mean, none of this and is, and then you restart the chain all over again. Yeah. No one piece of this is, is difficult, but putting it, you know, putting all of it together into this funnel is what is the power. Um, so, and you know, I haven't published, we haven't published anything on this yet, but we're thinking about doing this as a, um, Offering it just as a one-and-done package where we put in all these best practices and we called it, uh, I think right now the working title is Safety Net. Yeah, Safety Net. Where you're, you know, you're making the most of every visitor. Safety Net sells you, yeah, it, it sells you the chain. 
Uh, oh, well, after they buy, that is the entryway to PsyOps. Oh, our customer development program, PsyOps, yeah. Um, which you could find that on uh, website rescues at the top, says PsyOps. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, right. So once you've got, you know, now that you've got this, uh, this first buyer and we're doing these automated customer service emails, you could take it a step further. Um, you know, now you've, you've built their trust, you've established who you are, you've got that relationship. Um, now it's time to do what look like personalized product recommendations. So let's say you're selling digital cameras. You can have a personalized email as you, the store owner, send to the person two weeks after they bought that says, hey, you know, I saw that you bought X product. Uh, you know, in, I use the product every day in my life, so here's a couple accessories that you know, I found really helpful that you may be interested in. And since you're a past buyer and I appreciate that, here's a coupon for those items. Again, like your end goal is to sell I'm them. I'm nodding my and head, it's which auto- doesn't work yeah. on radio. Right. You know, your end goal is to sell them and to, to make more money. But like from a product service experience or customer service experience, think about the difference there. Like I buy a product from Best Buy and then Best Buy is like, hey, you want to buy these memory cards and this tripod versus like the owner of the store shares my interest and is selling me on the accessories the, he personally uses. Yeah, what's the – it's curated. Curated. The owner, the, the owner of the store is giving you his curated product list. Uh, well, these are the things that are super awesome and go with that. Yeah. And it, like hopefully if you're doing this stuff, you're doing it because you're passionate about it. So this should be very easy to do. Yeah. Again, you, you, we're assuming that you care about your business. Yeah. So please do that. I think that's it. I think that's everything. I think that's it. Yeah. So okay. – you cool. should now you now step eight is go buy a boat. <laughs> yeah, at this point, you've built a mostly automated system that prints money for your business. Uh, yeah, because once, once you set up all the audience, once you set up the cooking, once you set up the audiences, uh, the, the automation, the automation of the Facebook ads and the Google ads. All of this is automated to the specific audiences. All of that is automated, and the audiences just replenish themselves. Um, the lifecycle emails is all automated. It just it is just a countdown thing from the date that they purchase it. They get emails on a regular basis. You have a mailing list that you're setting up that you're scheduling emails in advance on. I if mean, you go a step further and do like let's assume you also do drop shipping. At this point, we're now dangerously close to an actual Tim Ferriss style four hour work week. Yeah, I mean, you're essentially Skynet is running your business for you if you have drop shipping, <laughs> and then it's just like if you have all this stuff in drop shipping, you do nothing. You do no work at all. I like it. I'm yeah. jazz now. Yeah. I want... Uh... And we could set that up for you for a very low price in terms <laughs> of what you'll be getting. Well, no. Yeah, we do... Um, I write, Yeah, essentially, there's three three things happening here. It's your Facebook ads, email marketing, email marketing automation, and really like a conversion rate optimization store audit. And that's... So three services. Um, and whenever I offer three services, you could... You know, I like unbundling them. You could buy them individually or bundle them. Um, and then we, I just usually do just like a flat 10% discount on doing those. So yeah, um, if you've got questions about it, uh, you know, either if you'd like us to help you with it or just, you know, want clarification or resources to point you the right direction, feel free, uh, reach out to me, send me an email, uh, reach out on Twitter or, um, you know, as usual, we've got uh, a mailing list that touches on a lot of this stuff. Yep. So if you head to website rescues and just jump on that uh, drip email list that's in the, the bottom right, that pop-up. Um, Again, yeah. it's a pop-up. Pop-ups are bad, except for when people put their emails in them, yeah, which they do all the time. Doesn't seem to hurt us on the list. Doesn't slightest. hurt us at all. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's always the weird claim is people are like, oh, use a pop-up. Whenever I see a pop-up, I never visit that site again. I'm like, they're, really? They're liars. Yeah. They're lying. I'm like, you've got a list of websites that you won't visit again, and you cross-reference that. Like, no, bullshit. You're just like, oh, what? Oh, I, that link is on the list. Yeah. I can't go there. No, the truth is, even if it annoys you, again, it's like every you're dismissing it. It's like every going. asshole on a Facebook wall that goes... Uh, I'm never eating at that store again. Yeah, eh, you probably are. Yeah. Oh, really? You're, you're full of shit. You're never going to go to Olive Garden again in your life. Get those free breadsticks. Yeah. Of course you are. Once you ate at Olive Garden once, you're now an Olive Garden person. Cool. All right. And on that note, uh, let's go. Let's go get lunch. All right. Yeah, we got to eat. All right. See you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week and uh, with another guest. So. I booked. Um, oh, I booked. Um, I forgot how to say his name. I believe it's Jevin. He puts together a weekly newsletter called E-Commerce Weekly, and I actually I subscribe to it because I pull the posts from it and I stick them. I use that to uh, fill out our like automated Twitter posts for the week. Don't I'm using him for content curation. Don't tell him that. Tell them that our Twitter is automated. <laughs> that, no, it is. No, it's told. I use. They're not supposed to know that. I'm gonna admit we use MeetEdgar.com. Um, I don't think there's a great return on investment on social media. So, like, that's the first thing you should automate. Um, you know, it's expected you have to have it, but don't waste a ton of time on it. Okay, I'm hungry. Let's go. All right, bye. See you guys.